Hey, Monica, how are you today? I'm great. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? I'm good. We have a very special guest on our episode today. Who is it? (laughs) It's our amazing producer, Katrina, and I'm so thankful that she's with us to really dive into, first of all, why she's at Serenby and why she is a part of the Biophilic Summit. Right. We're going to learn about all the speakers at the Biophilic mm-hmm. Summit and sort of what people can expect. Exactly. It's sort of a, um, a little taster of the yeah. summit. Some of these people have been on the podcast in the past, but they'll be talking about different topics and you, the listener, can then engage with them with a Q&A and really ask exactly. questions, mm-hmm. um, as well as we'll have some breakout sessions. But yeah, Jennifer and I are really excited to participate October 11th and 12th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Biophilic Leadership Summit. And Katrina's going to give us the lowdown on why we should all attend. Tune in. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be easy. You can sit on your couch at home and learn great about things about biophilia. Exactly. All, all right. right. I guess we should get to the episode. Great. Let's do it. Hey, Jennifer. Hey, Monica. How are you today? I'm great. It's a beautiful fall day in New York City. How are you? It's good. It's cooling off here, too. We have a special guest today. I cannot wait to talk to our very special guest. It's kind of a little behind the scenes for us, isn't it? It is a little behind the scenes. You're going to get um, behind the scenes on the Biophilic Institute and the Leadership Summit, which is a week from uh, today when this is dropping. Um, It's going to be October 11th and 12th. And we have Katrina Ernie. And Katrina just got married. Yes. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Congratulations. And welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Katrina is usually behind the scenes. She is our producer and she runs Mm -hmm. um, the Biophilic Leadership Summit. Um, So we're bringing her in to get a little behind the scenes of like, what is going to happen next week and why should we be showing up to that virtual summit? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Let me tell you. Um, So the Biophilic Leadership Summit is this really cool event historically where people have come to Serenby, all these leaders in the biophilic movement and given presentations and had breakout discussions and networking opportunities Um, all around this growing field. And it's been this opportunity for them to really connect with each other, to meet new people, for students to meet with them. Um, And so my background with the Biophilic Leadership Summit is I came on in literally March of 2020. Um, (laughs) Perfect perfect timing. Perfect timing um, (laughs) to put, to basically lead the summit, um, which was supposed to happen in April of 2020. And of course we ended up having to cancel. Um, and we pushed to this year, um, hoping that we would be able to have the summit in person. And of course, um, the Delta variant had other plans. So we, we quickly pivoted to virtual, which I think will end up being great because we've gotten a lot of people, um, from all over the country that probably wouldn't have otherwise been able to come. Um, So really what happens or what will happen at the virtual summit is um, we'll have a series of speakers who are going to be discussing land use and infrastructure. Our theme is um, land and water. And basically, they're just going to talk about all of these applications of biophilia, how we can really scale biophilia um, from something that's sort of small into something that we use every day in urban spaces um, throughout the country and throughout the world. I love it. 
Yeah, me too. I just get excited because Katrina, you've been like such a driving force for us behind the scenes to get such great guests on our podcast. And some of these guests are going to be at the summit as well, correct? Like virtually and in person, correct? Yes. So, well, it's all virtual, um, but we've got some really exciting people who people who have been listening to the podcast will definitely recognize. So we have um, Bill Browning. He was our guest on episode number two. He Mm -hmm. is the co-founder of Terrapin Bright Green, which is a green building consultancy. And he's like, he's like the expert on biophilic design, biophilic design principles, why we feel so good when we're in spaces that have been designed with these principles in mind. When you look up um, the word biophilic design, you like, I think Bill Browning yeah. right there. It's just articles <laughs> about Bill Browning. I mean, truly, like he yeah. is the expert. Um, so he is someone who I'm really excited to hear speak. And he's going to be talking about basically how you, how you scale biophilia from, you know, a room in your house all the way to, you know, urban planning and major city. So he will be really exciting. Another, um, another person who will be speaking is Drew Lanham, who mm-hmm. I'm so excited about. Love Drew. Um, yeah, he was incredible. He um, is a professor of wildlife ecology at Clemson and has written extensively all about the intersection of race and nature and how ethnicity sort of informs how we view nature. Um, he wrote that incredible article, Nine Rules for the Black Bird Watcher, and um, his book, The Home Place, which is just, you know. Yeah. Which, which so I believe that, um, that Tim uh, Beatley recommended to us, right? Who's the yes, director yes. of Biophilic Cities Project, who's yes. on our board. Um, and Drew was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. a Tim recommendation. So thank you, Tim. He was hard. We couldn't like stop talking to him. <laughs> so I remember we're like, okay, we have to stop the podcast. It's going over. But yeah, I could have talked to him all day. So I'm excited that he's going to be a speaker this year. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Well, and Katrina, all of the speakers, um, we're going to be able to have sort of a Q&A and have some engagement with the audience after each of their talks. So it's not yes. just you know, watching them or listening to them, but we really get to sort of dig in to their topics and ask questions and really learn from them. Because I think of this summit as a very educational, um, you know, not only for, um, you know, the sort of policymaker or city planners or students, but for the general public, um, you know, even though these topics may sound a little wonky, um, I think they're super important because as, you know, all of us always talk like we need biophilia, to sort of really be embraced by the general public to Mm -hmm. think about how we're going to move forward to get to a net zero future. We have to honor and like love and understand how nature is integrated in our lives. So I'm super excited that you're um, everybody that you've curated for this um, summit. So who else do we have? Okay. Well, so next up, and I actually think that this sort of goes to what you were just talking about, but we have, um, Jacqueline Patterson from the NAACP. She's their senior director um, of climate and environmental justice. We had an incredible episode with her um, just talking about the intersections of all these different social issues and how climate is essentially a threat multiplier um, Mm -hmm. for all of these different issues. So kind of to your point, Monica, like the, the theme is really land use and infrastructure and scaling 
these principles. But I think when you have people like Jackie and Drew, who are sort of part of the conversation, you can just see how all of these social systems sort of work together and, and how every, it it all impacts each other. And it is so intersectional um, that when, you know, when you're talking about green building, that's great, but like, what are the social implications of that? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And so I think, I think it is cool to have all of these people in conversation with one another um, on these various topics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the yeah, other think... person, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go, 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 go. <laughs> the other person um, who our listeners might recognize is Jeff Catch from Rodale. Yeah. So he'll be speaking about um, regenerative agriculture and how we can scale regenerative ag, regenerative agriculture. <laughs> um <laughs> nationwide, which I think is something that people are typically very skeptical about. Um, And his point is sort of that we shouldn't be, that this is Mm -hmm. the future and this is the way it's going. And it really has the ability to heal some of the worst problems in our society is just making the shift to Mm -hmm. a a regenerative model. Um, So he'll be, he'll be great. Yeah, Jeff is amazing. Yeah. And he has a really incredible story, his own personal story, how he got here. I don't know if he'll share that, but I, I feel like he may have shared a little bit of that on our podcast. But, you know, John Piotti is also going to be here, I saw on the list, um, who's the president of American Farmland Trust. So yes. it's such a phenomenal bookend with Jeff because yeah. we have to save the land, right? We have to protect it in order to get regenerative farming on top of it. Um and one of the things that I've been, you know, right, like, like reading about so much is um, sort of land, land sinks, like how we how land can be a carbon, um, you know, sink. Um, and we all know how important it is to sort of not only, um, you know, stop releasing carbon, but also how do we like sequester it? And, mm-hmm. and both of those things, American Farmland Trust and Rodale are both, um, you know, at the forefront of making those, and I don't know if that's like the term they would use, but like the IPCC, like land sinks are super, super important of like, how do we have healthy soil? Um, And it starts with conserving the land, right? Protecting the land. Well, protecting farmers. I mean, they're really Mm -hmm. like kind of the same or two sides of the same coin Mm -hmm. in a way. So I think it'll be, you're right. It will be really interesting to hear them sort of in conversation yeah. with each other. Well, and we had um, uh, John's, um, you know, American Farmland Trust, Beth um, was on who, the VP of programs and talked mm-hmm. about the programs and female farmers and sort of the work that she's doing. But it'll be really interesting to, to hear from John, like what their um, big goals are, because, um, you know, the statistics of how much farmland we lose every day is like kind jarring. of mind blowing. Yeah, mm-hmm. really. That That's when we were jarring. talking to Beth, yeah, like really shocked me because I didn't realize the, the real massiveness of like, oh, I had no idea we were losing so much farmland every day. So like, but her like brought it back to like, how can we then protect the farmer, which I love. So these conversations are so very moving and helps us, I think, move the needle to this biophilic movement that we're mm-hmm. always talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. Monica, what were you going to say? Sorry, I interrupted you. No, As no, I, <laughs> no I'm, I'm love to hear. Keep going, um, Katrina. We'll be right back after a quick break. Jennifer, guess what's coming up and where we get to hang out. What's that, Monica? The (laughs) Biophilic Leadership Summit. It's back this March 24th through 26th. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to see you in person again. It's been way too long. 
I know, me too. And we invite all our listeners to come to this year's summit. We're going to be exploring biophilic placemaking and how we use biophilic principles to promote health, happiness, and vitality in public spaces. Yes. And I was just reading over the schedule, which I'm very excited about. There are so many great speakers and panels. And when you get to join us, I'll be doing a nature walk and moderating a wonderful panel on activating community spaces with two incredible women, an architect and an urban planner. So this summit is put on by the Biophilic Institute and Biophilic Cities Project. So you can also come meet all of the leading experts in biophilia. And in addition to all incredible multiple presentations, we're going to have all sorts of great farm to table meals, plus cocktails, some book signings and lots of networking, which is always a favorite. And it's going to be at your and my favorite place, the Inn at Serenby. Yep, that's one of my favorite places, as you know. So join us in B for the 6th Annual Biophilic Leadership Summit from March 24th to March 26th, 2024. And you can learn more about the summit and register today at biophilicsummit.com. That's biophilicsummit.com. We hope to see you there. We'll see you soon. Bye, Jen. Bye. All right. Well, so those are the those are the guests that I think our listeners might be more familiar with. We also have Alfred Vick, mm-hmm. aka Alfie, um, uh-huh. who is a professor of environmental ethics at the University of Georgia. Um, he is really interesting. He's a lead certified architect who also works um, pretty extensively on Native American studies. Um, so his research really focuses on green infrastructure and sustainable design, um, but he also integrates like native plant communities and um, Native American ethnobotany into his work. And I think that's really going to be the focus of what he talks about um, in his presentation on Monday, the 11th, which is actually Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, so that it's very exciting that we have him um, on our schedule that day. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And, um, you know, immediately when we realized that it was going to be on the 11th and 12th and that was Indigenous Persons Day, you know, we were like, oh, my God, we have to have Alfie talk and talk about the importance um, and really bringing that back up to the forefront because we can learn so much um, from the Native Americans on how they honored the land and Mm -hmm. resources. That's traditional Mm -hmm. knowledge. I think it's so important. Um, Mm -hmm. And to have, I think, someone who can really speak to the architecture and the infrastructure side of things, Mm -hmm. but with this lens of traditional ecological knowledge, I mean, that's sort of Mm -hmm. incredible. Mm -hmm. I'm super excited about that. Yeah. Me too. So we also have Nina Marie Lister. She is a professor and the graduate graduate director of the school of urban and regional planning at Ryerson university, Mm -hmm. which is in Toronto, Canada. Um, And she's also the director of their ecological design lab. And that's basic. I mean, I think of it, you know, and she can, she can correct me if I'm wrong. I think of it a little bit like a think tank um, Mm. where they are really like looking at strategies and practices that will solve sort of sustainability issues um, within cities and then sort of how we can rethink and implement these strategies in order to have sort of a improved relationship with nature in cities. How, how do we think about nature within these dense urban spaces? That's sort of what she is focusing on. 
So she's going to be great. Really interesting. Um, Robin Grossinger. He is mm-hmm. a senior scientist at the San Francisco Estuary Institute, um, which again, I, I, I think of as another sort of one of these think tanks. Um, it's like a, it's comprised of like all these scientists who really are working in their own way to define environmental problems and then mm-hmm. advance public debate through science and um, supporting solutions that support the environment, support sustainable urban planning. Um, Mm -hmm. And his focus is really on how do we reintegrate natural processes within city landscapes. So these landscapes that have been heavily modified Mm -hmm. by people, like how do we, it's already happened, right? So how do we sort of reintegrate nature into those cities? It's not about, oh, I'm going to take this undeveloped plot of land and I'm going to exactly. make it a perfectly sustainable city. It's like, well, we already have these cities. So how do we make them? Right. I can't right. wait for that because I well, think as I'm looking at my window in New York city, how do we then implement those programs to make us more, not just green, but more understanding of the natural landscape that is here or wherever. And um, how does that impact each and every one of us? And how do we then grow awareness around that. And Monica, I was going to, I interrupted you once again. No, no, listen, hey, this is a conversation between all of us. But but I think um, I recall that Robin had really worked on um, and advised on the restoration strategies, I think for the San Francisco Bay, um, the Sacramento and San Juan Queen Delta, and then the urban landscapes of Google's campuses. And then also a bunch of rivers throughout California, which obviously is really interesting to me because that's where I grew up. And so that whole area, I'm sort of fascinated to sort of hear what's going on out in San Francisco um, as a former. Yeah, San Francisco would be a great case study because I feel like they, it's really a city that's putting some of these, some of these things into practice. I mean, I, I'm just thinking about Tim's episode where he said San Francisco was the first city to like mandate um, glass that's safe for birds or that. Yes. Like yes. they're really like thinking about these things and integrating them. So yeah, mm-hmm. I would, I'm excited to hear more mm-hmm. about San Francisco. Yeah, I feel like these big cities um, at one of the leadership summits that we had in person a few years back, we had um um, and I'm not sure what her title was, um, but it, I think she was running like city planning for Washington, D.C. And I learned from her. And again, some of this may our audience may know already, but, you know, um, it had the most green roofs of any city. I think it's like required. And mm. so, you know, when cities set policy, you know, it can not only educate everybody that it's possible, it -hmm. can also um, bring the price down by, you know, expanding um, these solutions Um, and then, you know, obviously demonstration. And so I'm super excited um, to hear from um, Robin about, you know, the work that he's done um, and and probably ask some questions of how it can scale to other cities, because that really is the big theme, right? How do we scale mm-hmm, right. biophilic solutions? And that's something that we try and get to the heart of, um, you know, with um, the podcast. Mm-hmm. But the summit, the annual summit is so exciting because like the people who are really out there doing it, we can dig in and everybody can learn from them. Um, and, and speaking of, I, I feel like you also have a really great guy out of the UK yes. who works on um, nature capital, which I'd love you to explain for us. Yeah. So Nick Grayson, um, he is the climate change and sustainability manager for um, 
the Birmingham City Council, it's Birmingham, UK, not Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> um, and he, um, he, yeah, I think he is really sort of an expert on this concept of nature capital, which is really quantifying how um, implementing more nature, more resiliency, um, reintegrating nature into the city, the way that it can really bring down costs mm-hmm. for a city government. So I think, you know, I don't, I don't think this was him, but I read an article about London and London, I think has a really good tree cover. And again, I mean, London's a wealthy city, so we can look mm-hmm. at like mm-hmm. wealthy cities versus cities um, with fewer resources, but they have really good tree cover. And there was a study that was like, they, their tree cover saved them like a billion pounds on energy costs. Wow. Like these, like these things aren't just sort of valuable for their own sake. I mean, they are like, you want more nature. They're not nice to have. It's not an amenity. Like it, it has a real tangible, um, benefits. Mm-hmm. Well, well, and Jennifer, you were just um, listening to somebody yesterday. Was it a um, talking about DNA and yeah, um, epigenetics. Yeah, epigenetics. Yeah. Thank you. T- tell our, us a little bit about that. Spaces and places. Um, Dr. Carmona was speaking about this um, and he was a former um, sur- um, general surgeon, surgeon general, um, sorry, my words are backwards today, (laughs) but he was talking about how, you know, places are beautiful. Like you just said, Katrina, like, oh, wow, this is really pretty. But when we are in a place like a home or an office, or when we're in a space, that structure, the things around us actually affect our, our genes. So we're all living organisms when we're in touch with nature. So it all has an impact on our genes. So yes. Okay. Wow. It's pretty, but oh my gosh, I feel good. So when you feel good in a space, um, it changes our immune system. It, you know, balances our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. And we are in a different place in our bodies and our genes are receptors to all that around us. And it makes us well or unwell. And it's just like, oh my God, you're of course. So again, could you, like you were saying, like, this can be great for those with, with means and money. So how do we then bring that to places that need that? Mm-hmm. How do we teach that into um, low income places? And how do we then get society into a place where we are more ethical and how we build um, structures and knowing that we are completely surrounded by places that can make us well or unwell. And it's, it's really, it's, and it's all about nature. Mm-hmm. It's just, and, it's kind of mind blowing when you think about it. Yeah. And right. everybody should be able to have access to it. So how yeah. to, how to, that's part of it. Right. And I think, you know, cities are really the number one place um, right now to think about because so many people live in cities and there are people, more and more people are flocking to cities. And even though, you know, there's been this sort of like, um, Uh, exit from cities, or at least the media is covering it that way. And we're seeing that, you know, people are coming to, you know, suburbs or exurbs and rural, um, which I think is huge, but the majority of people are still living in cities. So how do we make cities more livable? And I think um, it's going to be really interesting to hear from Nick about that. Um, Well, and and can I put something in there too? Like I think they said by 2050, 70% of the population be living in large scale cities. 2050, 70% of people will be living in cities. Amazing. And we've got to do something about that. We have yeah. to 
we have to fix. Well, and it can't just be, you know, these wealthy pockets with beautiful mm-hmm. tree-lined streets. You know, it has to be, I mean, it has to be something we integrate throughout mm-hmm. the Absolutely. entire landscape. And I think, you know, I think we, we all want to say, well, like nature, how do you put a, a dollar value on it? Like, it's just so intrinsically good. But I think it, it's something where I think if you can prove that, mm-hmm. that these strategies are saving you a mm-hmm. lot of money in the long yeah. term, I mean, I think that that really gets people to pay attention. Yeah. Well, and, and our mental health so yeah. much more. And I don't know if I've mentioned it before, maybe off, off the podcast, but I read a really great book. I'm in a climate book club um, on Clubhouse on Saturdays. And Mark <laughs> Carney wrote an amazing book called Value. And it's sort of a, a play on value, meaning like our values, like what do we value? And then putting a dollar amount on those things. Um, And one of the great examples that he gave in the book was he's like, you know, why do we value Amazon, the company, not to pick on them, but I will, um, you know, more than we value the Amazon rainforest. Like we don't value the rainforest until we tear all the trees down and now we're using it to, um, you know, grow crops or graze cattle. And we've actually denuded it and we've taken the value away, but only then do we place a value on it after we've kind of like destroyed it, which I thought was a really, um, for me at least like really like flipped a switch in my head of, um, yikes. (laughs) So how do we, so so that, that's just a book recommendation. Um, but, um, no. And I mean, like speaking of, of Amazon and again, like not to pick on them too much, but I think so many of our issues have to do with um, short-term thinking. Mm-hmm. So we yep. value Amazon because like I can order something on Amazon and I can get yeah. it tomorrow, Totally, you know, but I think if we would think about these things in longer terms and sort of in generational terms, I think Tim Beatley, again, someone who really talked to us about this in his episode, um, we would be so much better off. And I think so many of our speakers at the summit are really thinking about the long-term, the long-term. So, so Katrina, the other thing is there's going to be some breakout sessions, right? And um, I don't know. um, Some of those are being finalized, you know, some might be sort of crowdsourced from the attendees, so, um, you know, we sort really encourage, um, sign up for the virtual it's, we tried to make it really affordable. Um, what are the prices Katrina? So the regular rate is $120. If you are affiliated with a nonprofit organization, that rate, um, goes down to $95. And then for students, the rate is $50. Right. And we're going to do a um, podcast code too, right? We're going to do Biophilic Solutions um, and you can get it for, I think, almost 40% off at $75. Anybody who listens gets a special um, opportunity um, and and do it because, you know, we'll probably be asking you questions before Mm -hmm. and during the summit to see what kind of deeper conversations you want to have. And there will be an opportunity each day to do that. Um, Right. Anything else you want to share or? Yeah. I mean, I think just the breakout sessions, like we are really trying to uh, retain that networking piece mm-hmm. of the in-person summit. I mean, we are really keeping our fingers crossed for in-person next year. Um, but yeah. I think the breakouts are a great way to really engage one-on-one with some of these top, top thinkers 
in the field of biophilia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the system we're using is going to have chats and oh yeah, it's um, a way to engage. And there's going to be um, like a what, what is the virtual like room that they've created? And I don't know. So it'll be a <laughs> lot of fun. Um, and I just think it's an amazing opportunity um, where we were a little worried because we love the in-person. It's so intimate and we get to take walks and be outdoors and, you know, be in nature at Serenby. But I think that this is actually going to be an opportunity to reach more people. Um, And as you made a point, like, you know, maybe, you know, Nick wouldn't have been able to come over from the UK, um, you know, due to everything that's going on, but now and or individuals. So Right, We're super right. excited. Um, tell your friends, join us. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, um, October 11th and 12th. And use the code Biophilic Solutions. Um, and you can go to both of our websites, the um, podcast and mm-hmm. uh, Biophilic Institute and the Biophilic Leadership website. Um, and we'll put awesome. it in the show notes. So I don't know, come join us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Katrina, I wanted to ask you, um, because we're going to play this on Serenby Stories as well, um, that podcast. And that podcast, um, we typically do a deep dive with um residents to find out how they got to Serenby, what they're doing now, you know, what their favorite things are. So I'm gonna ask you a quick little question because not only um do you run the summit and or produce our podcast and do all the social for it. But you're a resident of Serenby. So tell us just like real quick <laughs> how you got to Serenby and um, what's your Serenby story? Do you share? Okay. So I started coming to Serenby like four years ago because my now husband, as of less than a week ago, uh, was living here when we met. Um, and I I had been here one time when Serenby was brand new And I just, you know, I did not have the vision. I thought, I was like, what is this place? So he told me he lived there and I was like, okay, that's interesting. You know, I'll come. I had a lot of friends being like, oh my God, you'll love it. The restaurants are great. You have to go. And I got here and I was like, this place is amazing. Um, So then, you know, we like, we got more serious and we were kind of back and forth for a while. And then um, in early 2020, I started working uh, for Serenby marketing and just doing all kinds of things, managing different social accounts, um, really just trying to help out where I can. Um, but one of the things that I started doing was working on the biophilic institutes so and managing the social, running the summit, um, producing the podcast, which has been so much fun. It's one of my favorite parts of my job. Um, and I love it. I mean, I love working on biophilia and and just becoming more familiar with biophilia. And you guys live in the modern neighborhood and you guys had what what we call these like amazing little homes called the shotguns. Mm -hmm. Then you guys built a a cottage. Um, So was that like kind of a fun process or? It was um, so much fun. Oh, good. So we actually went under contract on the house that we live in now on the Mm -hmm. day we were supposed to get married in 2020. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh God. So we kind of felt like it was meant to be. Um, yeah. And the shotgun, the shotgun was great. We loved our shotgun, mm-hmm. um, but we just have a little bit more space here um, in our new house. And we're both working from home now. So it's kind of nice to be able to go into another room, um, <laughs> get some work done. Um, you've probably, I was actually 
came into the into our bedroom today to record this because George is a very loud phone talker. It's <laughs> 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 nervous you'd be able to hear him <laughs> in the background the whole time. So I love it. Well, the other question I um I always ask or Steve and I ask at the end of our um interviews with residents is um what is one like sort of tip or that you would tell somebody who's never been to Serenby, who's coming down, um, what would you sort of get, say, oh, you've got to do this or don't, don't miss this thing? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I don't know if I could narrow it down to one thing. I mean, I think I would put together an itinerary almost. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm like, I've had those days where I'm like, this is the perfect day where I'll go to the farmer's market on a Saturday and then mm. kind of wander to the daisy and grab a coffee and then wander to the shops and then like walk on the trails to go home. And it's just sort of like the perfect morning mm-hmm. in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess just sort of bringing it back to biophilia in a way I never, I, I never had a concept of that until I moved here. And it's something that I felt really instinctively, even before I was really familiar with the concept itself and sort of the science behind it. Like Mm -hmm. I just started spending more time here and walking on the trails and spending more time outside. And I would like notice how much better I felt when I was here. And then I would be sad when I had to be back in Atlanta. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then I started working here and started doing um, some work with the Biophilic Institute. And I was like, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it all makes it all sense comes together. Yeah. I would say come on a Saturday morning, farmer's market, coffee, brunch, shopping. That's sort of a perfect morning. I love it. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks so much, Katrina, for joining us. This yeah, is thank you for having thank me. You, Katrina. So you know, I'm so excited to just have you talk to, to us about like why we should go, what we should look forward to. And I love your enthusiasm because you're part of Sarah and B. You live there. And I just, you know, getting to know you in the past year plus, I'm excited to see your excitement for why we need more biophilic solutions. So thanks for being a part of the team. Thank you, Jennifer. All right. Bye guys. See you at the summit. Bye. Biophilic Solutions is brought to you by the Biophilic Leadership Summit. We're going virtual this year. Due to the increasing spread of COVID-19, we're taking the 2021 Leadership Summit virtual. From the safety and comfort of your home or office, join us and thought leaders for workshops, presentations, and engaging Q&As on the biophilia effect on health, climate change, policy, and future developments with a focus on biophilia at scale, land and water presentations focusing on land use and infrastructure. Join the biophilic movement on October 11th and October 12th, hosted by the Biophilic Institute, Biophilic Cities, Serenby, and sponsored by American Farmland Trust. Tickets available at biophilicsummit.com. That's B-I-O-P-H-I-L-I-C-S-U-M-M-I-T.com.